Welcome to the slaughterhouse. Why should, Why I, do should I do that, that? When, when I can I do can this? this? Every time I touch your face. Once again, when the coin is tossed, the man's upon the sea. This is how we folk on the north side. Every syllable must be heard. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Hello, welcome to Prince Trapper Tracking. Your host Darren. Today we'll be talking about 2045 colon Radical Man from uh, the Bamboozled soundtrack, uh, later collected on the Slaughterhouse, uh, about four years after it was originally released. Uh, recorded 1999 to 2000 at Paisley Park and released on the 26th of September 2000. Uh, on the track, it is Prince, Mr. Hayes, and Kip Blackshire, and the track is 6 minutes 36. And joining me to talk about today is Spencer Seams. Hello, Spencer. Hello, there. Now, in terms of a genre, uh, I think I'm going to say that this is pretty much Prince doing more rap. There's a version of this that appeared as the B-side to, like, a, a sampler that Prince put out, <laughs> um, where there was, like a, like, a minute and 45 of it. Um, and uh, like an earlier version of this had appeared, like Prince had done on a like a stream in March two thousand, um, and then you know it got released on Bamboozle soundtrack, um, and then there were there were a couple of other like uh, you know it was the B side of uh, the single Peace, mm. um, and then there was a whole album that apparently Peace was part of, which included Daisy Chain, Gamilla, and Northside. Those all ended up on on Slaughterhouse. But Prince had a habit of kind of coming up with ideas for an album and then just never. <laughs> producing those uh, albums, you know, it's just some, it's just something that Prince liked to do. Um, so that was kind of where you know there was a few different places, obviously where it you know it was going to be. And like I said, you know, people had kind of already heard it in the March of two thousand, um, and then you know it was released on the actual soundtrack in September two thousand. Now I don't know what when was the film released that year was. Uh, uh, it was it was it out in two thousand I think I remember it being out around that. Part time. of Wikipedia is October of two thousand. Well, there you go then. So the soundtrack was about a month. I mean that kind of fits. That's what people used to do when they <laughs> when they bothered to do soundtracks on CDs. Uh, they used to release the soundtracks like about a month before the film came out, didn't they? To uh, you know kind of uh, kind of hype up the film. I do remember distinctly uh, uh, Turtle Power by uh, Partners <laughs> in Crime. Uh, get, was was number one over here for about four weeks before the film even got released. So, uh, you know that was always that was always a good tactic in the nineties. I feel like in the two thousands it didn't really work as well. Um, you know, in terms of giving publicity, <clears throat> you know, for uh, for films and stuff. Um, so now I have never seen Bamboozled. I don't think it got a cinema release over here, um, and I don't know that it got a DVD release over here. I like I'm not sure what the situation is in terms of like its availability in this country. Yeah, the availability is uh, kind of a the big hurdle for it because it's kind of so incendiary and angry. But basically, it's um, uh, it's a very harsh satire of a uh, a, a black uh, TV executive makes uh decides to create a mental show for like a major network out of anger because a white boss played by michael rapaport is uh uh being aggressive and irritating and open, openly racist kind of like him in real life but uh but the show becomes a huge hit and the and he hoped to get fired but that didn't quite happen and so it becomes this huge hit and he is dealing with the fact of uh, the TV exec played by uh, Damon Wayans is dealing with the fact of he's created this horrible show that depicts black people in a horrific way. Yet, uh, 
a mainstream, like mainstream entertainment, you know, uh, thinks it's wonderful, and it's just him kind of dealing with the fact that he, of him trying to make a decision of what exactly to do, and it's, there's so much more to it, but it's, uh, that's kind of the easiest way to sum it up. Now, in the year 2000, we would not have needed to clarify this, uh, but it is Damon Wayans Sr., not Damon Wayans Jr., um, star of, um, you know, a, a couple of sitcoms that got cancelled. <laughs> um, a Happy Endings was really good. Yes. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't disagree. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, Damon... <laughs> I mean, Damon Wayans Jr. is on um, another sitcom at this moment, which I don't know that will last more than one season. <laughs> so, um, you know, and obviously he was in and out of New Girl um, as well. Uh, so, but yeah, you know... Damon Wayans, I don't had he worked with um, um, Spike um, before Bamboozled, or I, I can't say I recall him being in any uh, kind of like Spike Lee stuff before that. I'm not sure. I was gonna say like the the, the like where I knew him from um, was uh, I'm gonna get you sucker, um, which is you know possibly one of my favorite films ever. As a kid, we had it. I don't know where we recorded it from. We had it off TV from somewhere. And we would literally just watch it, like we'd watch it and then just rewind it and watch it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it was such like, and I and the thing is, I don't think we even had an idea of what it was satirizing. <laughs> like, we'd never seen any black exploitation films. We just like the, you know, I'm gonna get you sucker because it was just, you know, the idea of someone walking down the road and having their own theme music playing um, is such a great kind of like joke. Um, but yeah, I, it's really weird because um, if you look at kind of like Damon Wayans Senior's career. Uh, first of all, he hasn't appeared in a feature film since like two thousand and four. Oh, um, you know he's really kind mm. of been like on TV um, in terms of like what he's been doing. Um, but before that, he had like he had this weird run where he kind of he did like action stuff like Last Boy Scout. Um, uh, he was in um, uh, Glimmer Man with uh, Seagal, I think. But he did like Major Pain and Blank Man. And, you know, Mo Money and Celtic Pride. Like, he had this weird, like, run of kind of doing comedy stuff. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, he appeared in what I think might have been um, Adam Sandler's film debut, Bulletproof. Hmm. Um, if not his debut, certainly one of his earlier films. Um, and then, you know, he did Bamboozled. And then pretty much since then, he hasn't really, <laughs> he hasn't really done films. And I don't know if Bamboozled huh. is like... Well, Savion Glover was also a star in Bamboozled, and he... Hasn't appeared much in terms of movies. Yeah, but then he appeared on a print. He appeared on a Prince song doing a uh, tap solo. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And uh, yeah, well, uh, Jay Pinkett Smith is in it, but her role isn't very good. But Spike Lee, he's not good with giving women much to do. I mean, like I said, I haven't seen Bamboozled, so I don't know how yeah. these like these different actors were treated in the film. Um, but, and you know, like I'm not hundred percent sure, like. Like if Damon Wayans is kind of you know, uh, it's good it's very or... de- it's that's highly debated. I think it's on the good side. Some people like you'll know immediately if you're gonna if you're gonna like his performance or not. But uh, it's it's barely had DVD release, never been streaming. There's I think maybe there's a VHS and uh, uh, also, but that's kind of it. There's it's just so angry and incendiary, and uh, I think that kind of scared off people from wanting to do any more releases of it. And it also was a huge failure when it came out. Although saying that, you know, there are a number of other directors where I could name, you know, that they have <laughs> they've had huge failures and they kept on working. 
Um, you know, so it does feel like this is the period just as Spike Lee was beginning to slow down. Like he, there was a point where it seemed like he was doing at least a film a year. Um, and then you kind of get up to about like 2004 or five and he seems like he started to slow down a little bit. And then, you know, there's a huge gap after Miracles at St. Anna, um, to like old boy, was like five, six years, something like that. So, um, you know. I don't like like I said I haven't seen the film but uh, you know the soundtrack itself you know it's got one Prince song on so you know it's doing something right yeah. and then the re- you know the rest of the soundtrack as well it's not like I don't know it feels like maybe um <laughs> it feels like maybe Spike was calling in some favors cuz <laughs> you know he's got like um you know he's got like a Stevie Wonder track on there you know you've got Erica Badu you've got Angie Stone you've got uh, you know Indie IRE uh, you know Common also does a track with Erica Badu um, and then there's also the Roots, who I believe are in the film. Yeah, they play. Um, you know, yeah, they play the Alab- uh, <clears throat> the Alabama Porch Monkeys, the band on the show. A phrase that I don't feel like I get away with saying. Um, oh, oh, but they they have a, yeah, a song with Zach DeLaRosha and um, you know and Chuck D. Yeah. I, that feels like a weird combination. I've <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if their politics would mix well and then also you know you you have i don't know why but out of nowhere you have a track by bruce hornsby oh yeah um you know smooth smooth jazz piano player (laughs) um and then obviously we have you know 2045 radical man um on there Uh, which i I mean i I don't know where does that fit in the film is can you remember or is it particularly um you know look at the track listing let's look at the song tiles and the artists i can kind of figure out where but uh it's this is towards the end i think it's when there uh there's a whole subplot of uh jay Pinkett smith's brother is uh is a revolutionary rapper but they're not revolting against anything uh, played by uh what's his name uh most deaf and most deaf is actually really good he's kind of the best part of the movie and he gets the rap too which is even better but he his group the Mau Mau's they kidnap Savion Glover, and I think the Prince song is played uh, around that point, and that's towards the end. They hold him for ransom. It's uh, they hold him for ransom, and they're gonna kill him on screen if something uh, via webcast. It's kind of murky and muddled, but the whole movie is kind of all over the place like that. The album itself, uh, you know, it. it... It got to number 69 on the uh, Billboard Top R&B Hip Hop Albums, and it stayed in there for about six weeks, which, you know, given the underperformance of the film, it feels about right. I mean, that's just long enough for the film to come out and then (laughs) flop, and then for the album to leave the charts. Um, You know, uh, Prince was actually billed as, you know, the new power generation, um, but... I mean, this is when Prince was still called a symbol, so hmm. there's kind of you know murkiness about exactly what Prince's you know correct name was um, at this particular time. But you know when it was released on um, you know the chocolate inv- sorry when it was released on the Slaughterhouse, um, it was just credited as Prince. They didn't bother you know kind of distinguishing you know which moniker he was using or you know how it was credited. Um, you know and oh um, there's one more thing about the movie that I, sh- I should bring up that's Really funny is that uh, most Def's character calls himself Big Black Africa because he doesn't want to call himself by his slave name. In his group, they all have black in their name. And yeah. uh, what's the rapper's name? There's a white rapper in there who is uh, 116th black. Well, that's his rapper name. 
MC Search. That's it. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I kind of again, like you know, at the time Prince wasn't called Prince, so yeah. you know, the idea of people kind of in their names, I guess, is is a, an idea that you know is is in their film as well, isn't it? So. But yeah, so I mean, Prince uh, opens the song with uh, a spoken intro talking about how can a non-musician discuss the future of music from anything other than a consumer point of view. There are a few of us make decisions for the bulk of us without consulting any of us. Sales and distributions of our futures. This is, this is, if this world were fair and right, they'd give up the car keys this very night. Uh, and then he has a counting. A counting that goes two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, which is a little bit of a long counting. Um, and you know, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's kind of odd because, um, you know, this is kind of still the end of Prince's battle with Warner brothers. Mm. So that feels like a kind of holdover from his battle with Warner brothers, you know, like him talking about, you know, uh, people kind of who are non-musicians, uh, deciding the future of music. And that ties into um, the movie of like the network deciding the future of the show and how black people are represented on screen. White executives, I'm guessing. Yeah, white executives. Deciding how, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it fits kind of. It's handy that it fits in with the fight that Prince was kind of in the middle of, <laughs> and uh, you know, still protesting Warner Brothers despite the fact that at this point they'd let him out of his contract and they'd and they basically released the greatest hits to kind of you know uh, you know pay some of that money off. But yeah, and we get the we get the uh, the verse you know uh, the first verse which is flash forward twenty forty five. What did you stand for in your life of your pride when faced with the final judgment of today? Who profited from the game? I don't. I don't know that the song is saying a huge amount, but it does kind of feel like Prince is st- still kind of railing against stuff. And I noticed you skipped the last line of that. Uh... I yes, there's there, yes, there, <laughs> <laughs> there, there are two. There are two more lines in that in that verse that lead up to the uh, up to the to the title "Radical Man." Um, one of which contains a word that I'm definitely not going <laughs> to say. But uh, you know, this is this is like I said, this is Prince at this point, kind of. You know, he had stopped distancing himself from rap, so he is just rapping. Uh, and along with that comes the language that is used commonly in rap songs, um, which, you know, as a as a white gentleman in the UK, uh, I cannot be saying some of those <laughs> lyrics. Um, but, uh, I mean, you feel free to say the lyrics if you wish, uh, Spencer. I'm not going to force you. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Um, I won't. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think that that might be the only time where he no no later on he also he ref, he refers to the the one word a few times, um, but uh, yeah I'm like I, I guess he's basically asking you know what what did people do in 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 the year two two thousand forty five which feels like a weird kind of jump to make, um, and I'm not quite sure what radical man is either like I guess maybe he's asking if the person that he's talking about is radical or if he's defining himself as radical I don't know it felt um, like kind of afrofuturism kind of but not entirely i mean he he does he, you know he I, I like i said i mean the, i don't feel the lyrics are saying a huge amount because he's talking about you know come on let's take a stand give the money back you know let's make a plan the brand new currency like taking care of one another i mean you and me radical man like <laughs> like he just seems to be throwing the word radical man at the end of stuff and it doesn't really seem to kind of um, be sa- it's not like he's talking about some kind of like um, you know despotic future or something. It just he just seems to be using twenty forty five to kind of you know reference this um, you know and and he talks. I mean he even says you know flash backwards nineteen ninety nine. Of course you know this song being recorded in two thousand nineteen ninety nine. Obviously being a, you know a big Prince thing. Uh, I think it's it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Although he says you know in a world shot full of viruses. 
um, how'd you'll stay alive. Um, uh, you know, I, and you said uh, in a previous recording that uh, he didn't record for a while. Yeah. The, or release anything for a while. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, taking a look at his back catalogue, I have a feeling this is probably the only song that he released in 2000, and it wasn't even on you know, an album, it was just on you know, a soundtrack. Um, you know, after he'd released an album in 1999, the next album he'd release wouldn't be, there's actually like almost a two year gap between two Prince albums, which, given his career, is kind of remarkable because most of the time he was releasing, you know, an album a year. You know, in 2004, he released, you know, Slaughterhouse and Chocolate Invasion were released on the same day, and that was three days after Musicology came out. So he basically released oh. 32 <laughs> songs in the space of like one week. So the, the fact that he spent like, there was a two year gap. And effectively, this is like one of the only songs that was put out during that period. It's kind of weird, you know. Like, I, I don't know, um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of it is it's kind of weird that this is this is the song that he chose. <laughs> like, you're in the year two thousand, you know. It's it's just straight after nineteen ninety nine, you know, the year that Prince had talked about for a while, you know, for quite a few years, and then it's like this is the only song he's releasing. Um, but yeah, you know, he's talking about you know depending on on the so called man. Um, you know, everything comes from his hand, food, water, the clothes you wear, um, you know, he, he basically seems to be asking, you know, exactly who is supplying the things that you, you know, that kind of keep you alive. Um, I guess the whole, you know, wear suits and buy and sell corporations, I guess that might fit into the theme of Bamboozled, um, you know, but also, again, it works in terms of Prince's fight with Warner Brothers, <laughs> um, you know, he, he had a beef yeah. with kind of faceless corporations at this particular point, and even uh, maybe a little bit towards the Arista deal and the EMI deals he'd made, because after he you know, oh. broke up with Warner Brothers, EMI released a triple album, but they couldn't promote it because they basically, you know, they were getting bought out. You know, Arista had promised him tons of promotion and all kinds of stuff, you know, and then they released the album and um, the person who had kind of been responsible for the deal, you know, was fired. And, and so, so they didn't promote the album as much as he liked. So it seems like, you know, three times in the space of the last five years, he's had giant corporations tell him that they're going to do one thing and then they end up doing something completely different. So I guess that kind of fits. Um, you know, but then at the same time, he, you know, he's saying they come in all colors, black, white, Puerto Rican, um, it, you know, his wife, his previous wife, um, I think he was still married to Maite at this time, uh, was Puerto Rican. So I, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, that's why he's mentioning it. Um, but there was an earlier Prince song where, you know, he actually mentioned Puerto Rican as well, which was, uh, controversy, I think it was, uh, no, it was Uptown. In Uptown, he mentions Puerto Rican as well. So I, I don't know if he just likes the way that the word Puerto Rican can rhyme with stuff or <laughs> if he genuinely cares about the people of Puerto Rico. I, you know, I don't know what his issue is, um, you know, but he talks about, you know, this is the destruction of the so-called radical man by 2045. <laughs> so, uh, we again, it's uh, like he's not really fully defining what the radical man is or whatever, but he, he keeps kind of mentioning it throughout this song. Um, you know, there's there's a little bit of talk of um, you know, where he says, uh, um, the you know when the war broke out, we called your name every every one of color put on the front line, Holocaust Avenue, two thousand nineteen, <laughs> uh, sorry two thousand nine, uh, which again is not really that futuristic in the year two thousand, like two thousand nine is just like the other end of the decade, um, you know, but yeah. I don't know, like I guess I guess maybe that you know the kind of every one of color put on the front line, it, it's something that. Obviously, even South Park satirized in Bigger, Longer and Cut, you know, the idea that, you know, a lot of soldiers end up being, you know, poor kind of you know, African-American, you know, 
men just because yeah. it's the you know an, e- an easy kind of career or whatever. So yeah, he mentions uh, the Green Mile in the song too. Yes, which had just come out. I guess I think the year before. Uh, nineteen ninety nine. So yeah, yeah, just the year. Yeah, the year before was I think was was it nominated for Best Picture in two thousand? I think maybe. Um, I, I mean, I like the Prince is a fan of, you know, Stephen King and, uh, you know, uh, Frank Darabont adaptations. I don't like, I, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, he, he this is where he does actually mention Moe's death as well. And I, and I don't, uh, oh, yeah. um, you know, which again, uh, uses a word I'm not going to say. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and then he has like a spoken interlude again. Like this is a long song. This is six minutes. Um, where he's saying, you know, what's up, y'all? What you want to do? Talking about a radical man. Uh, ain't nobody up in there. Crew, no. Could it really run that computer? Make it flow. Uh, if you ain't born with it, radical man. <laughs> Talking about uh, the 2-4 hit me. Uh, what George say? All round, all right. I don't know who George is in this. I don't know who he's talking about there. Um, and then, again, this is, a, this is another song where Prince just basically calls out, you know, he, he talks about Miles Davis, but not Michelangelo. Um, we don't care about what Albert Einstein did, which I don't know. Earlier, when he's talking about like vaccine, you know, he's talking about um, you know, what was it when he was talking about like the disease or something, where he was saying a world shot full of viruses. It feels like Prince is very kind of anti-vax and anti-science in this song, um, and I'm not quite sure why. I don't think he was anti-vax because that really wasn't a thing in 2000. But it does feel a little bit like he's kind of a bit skeptical about science if he doesn't care what Albert Einstein did. And to be honest with you, Albert Einstein didn't really do anything so much. Like he codified a way of expressing an idea. He didn't like. It's not like he invented relativity. He just kind of came up with the theory for it. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, that's true. He's more the idea man, not not so much an engineer. Yeah, so I mean, he was you know he was a theoretical <laughs> physicist. So, like, so like, like, what did he do? Well, you know, he lectured a bit and like came up with a couple of formulas. Like it's you know, and and then he says you know that we'd rather know how to build a pyramid. I don't think you really want to know how to build a pyramid. I mean, it's interesting to know how to build pyramids, but you know, obviously, it's a mystery that some people feel has not been fully solved. Um, but I get, like that feels like maybe a shout out to the whole kind of like um, slave thing that Prince was doing at the time, you know, writing the word slave on his face and stuff. So maybe that's just a little bit of a kind of callback to that. Uh, and then, of course, you know, he name drops James Brown, Chuck D, uh, Jimi Hendrix, um, you know. So, uh, again, like I said, it's a little bit of a long song, <laughs> you know, and uh, towards the end, you know, Prince, he starts talking about this is the funk the industry fears, artists getting together. Um, you know, this is I mean. I would argue that the music industry today is, you know, kind of more disparate and kind of broken up. And some of the kind of power that, that record companies have has kind of slipped away a little bit. Um, not completely. Um, but like I feel, you know, I think I think the things that Prince is fearful of in this song, you know, are not as bad as they, you know, like it's a lot easier for someone to just kind of, I mean, there's an entire genre of SoundCloud rappers. (laughs) So like, it's easier for people to just kind of release music. And, you know, later on Prince actually used SoundCloud to release a couple of songs himself. So I feel like the idea of needing like a record company to distribute stuff and all that kind of stuff is kind of, it's not as bad now as it was in 2000 when, you know, they pretty much could kind of demand everything. Um, Yeah. The the internet really helped uh, equalize everything yeah and this is at a time where prince has the mpg music club so he's releasing stuff on the internet at this time so and then we have you know at the end prince says where we be in 2045 
30 million people right now are being wiped off the face of the planet by disease. They claim they have no cure. In the matter of a blinking eye, all of us right now can testify, take a stand, radical man. Um, so again, Prince, uh, some, I, I mean, this kind of, I don't know how, f let's put it like this. Um, you know, the, the population of the world at the moment is roughly 7 billion, going on for 8 so if 30 million people are being wiped off the face of the earth, like, I don't know what time what time period is he talking about. Like, he says right now. So, I don't know, let's, let's assume, like, that's something like, you know, per year or something. Um, you know, that would end up being, like, a billion in, what, you know, uh, 10? Seven years? Yeah, something like... Seven or eight? Yeah, it like it would, uh, you know, it would, it, it would like it would end up kind of wiping out the entire population of the world like very quickly, <laughs> like, um, you know, not not like kind of not like really fast, but fast enough that like thirty million, um, is is gonna be noticed, um, you know, pretty much the entire like population of the world would be wiped out within, um. Uh, I don't know, roughly, I don't know, 100, 100 years, something like that. So maybe maybe 200. I mean, it certainly would be wiped out at a rate that would be extremely noticeable. Um, so that yeah. that number feels, I mean, for 2045, that number feels a little, you know, like if you're, if you're thinking about what the population of the planet is going to be in 2045, I guess in the year 2000, that was a lot further away than it is now today. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we're starting to get as close to 2045 as we, as we were to the year 2000. Um so I don't know, like I, I, am not sure what, like there's a weird message that, that Prince seems to be trying to put across here when he's talking about viruses and disease, and you know they claim they have no cure, and you know talking about the so-called man, and he's talking about the radical man, and but I don't know, half of that feels mixed in with this, this, this whole thing about, you know, uh, the whole pop scenario ain't nothing but a dream. Like it feels like he's protesting against the music industry once more, but the, but he's throwing in this weird kind of futuristic, you know stuff and and i'm not quite <laughs> sure what the message is meant to be um, and i don't even know how it really fits into the film um you know uh, um like yeah. bamboozled like it just, like it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's a clear idea of like kind of putting across the idea of the film certainly not in the way that say the song girl six did which was you know <laughs> kind of um you know and or even the or even the song jungle fever which you know you know outlines the you. concept of the movie <laughs> Yeah, and and so like I feel I feel like if you're saying radical, you have to be like, well, what are you like? What is what is what do you, what do you mean radical against? Like, and I don't feel Prince ever fully defines it, other than to once again complain about the distribution of music and how people aren't getting enough money. And <laughs> was it, uh, what did he uh, was he asked specifically like to write something new for it, or did this pre-exist? Um, I, really I don't know. I mean, like, like I said, you know, there was a stream of it in March two thousand. Um, I'm guessing that Spike Lee had probably contacted him before that point, anyway. Uh, you know, to, um, you know, maybe record something. I mean, he'd only done Girl Six in two thousand. Uh, sorry, in nineteen ninety six. So that was only actually four years earlier. So I feel that mm -hmm. maybe Spike Lee might have been trying to get Prince to contribute something. You know, to the films since girl six and maybe this was just the opportunity where you know he was able to um do a song but like i said this was this was on you know um this was on like a couple of other things that prince had issued bef before this point um but not not like this wasn't like a super old song you know this is this is a song that was clearly recorded you know within 1999 and 2000 
Um, so it's not like this was something that was taken out the vault, you know, that had been in there decades. This is this was obviously a newer song. Um, but I, I, it just doesn't feel like Prince has a clear idea of exactly what he's protesting here. <laughs> just saying <laughs> viruses and disease and the man, do, like, doesn't really kind of, it doesn't really focus the idea on exactly what you're talking about. You know, if he'd have talked about, you know, TV executives or, you know, popularity of shows or like if there'd been something about that, then I'd have been like, oh, well, you know, that makes sense. But as it is, just the question of like who profited from your game is like, okay, I mean, who exactly <laughs> did? But he's never quite clear on exact, like he's protesting, but he's not sure what he's protesting about, which, you know, I feel like that kind yeah. of sums up a lot. You know, uh, there's, there's a certain genre of print song where he's angry about something, but you're never quite clear on exactly what he's angry with. Yeah, yeah. Like as a lyricist, he's kind of a, a mystery. Yeah. Like, but, it, like not. It can be not in a bad way. It's kind of like I feel like if he had a, a like maybe a second opinion on things, maybe lyrically it would be a little more clear. But I don't know if he would have even given that a second thought. I mean, it, it like this is this to me feels like Prince's process is to you know write something that kind of encapsulates what he's feeling at that moment, and then you know two or three weeks later he's lost all interest and you know, <laughs> and that's it. The, the song's done and he's not going to go back to it. And that that's you know that's something that Prince did with a lot of songs. And occasionally, you know, uh, with with certain albums, it works perfectly because you know you don't need Prince to keep going back and putting more you know production or whatever onto a song. But in this case, it does feel like it isn't fully formed. And also, you know, for a song that's six and a half minutes, you're not quite, I'm never quite sure what it's saying. And I'm not a huge fan of the production. Like, I don't think it's overwhelming or anything. Um, but, you know, Kit Blackshear and Mr. Hayes are both playing keyboards. And Prince is also playing keyboards. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a lot of keyboard on this. And it does kind of have that. I mean, it's not, the production is not as bad as something like Rave, which, you know, is probably my least favorite album in terms of production sound. But it's not kind of, he hasn't kind of moved on to the, the, the sound that he used in kind of the mid 2000s, which, which is a sound that I think I, you know, I prefer a little bit to this. Um, so I'd say for me, probably uh, three out of five, maybe because it's just a little bit long and kind of unfocused. And, you know, if, if Prince had kind of pared it down a little bit and maybe kind of honed in on an idea then, you know, uh, maybe it would get one more star. But for me, it just feels a little bit kind of all over the place, um, you know. And at the end of it, you're, you're not quite clear. You, you kind of get that he's angry about something, but you're not quite clear on exactly what it is. Um, you know, like I said, other than themes that he's already kind of expressed. In other songs, like, hmm. more clearly, that's the thing as well. Uh, I'd go three. If it were maybe a couple minutes shorter... I'd go four, but it's just a little long-winded yeah. and aimless, and it's not as interesting like as it goes on. It's just I don't know. It's kind of just grinds itself and just grinds itself down like like into this like a confusing point. Yeah, and the thing as well is like there isn't really a chorus either. That's something we didn't mention. But he, like he says, "Radical Man" here and there, and he says "2045" here and there. But there's never like a point where he's saying like "2045 Radical Man" and and you're like, "Oh, well, this is the chorus." Like it just seems to be like verse after verse after verse, and you're like, "Oh, okay." Like I I kept waiting kind of for a chorus to emerge, but it just never did. So, so I'm like, I'm like, okay, I guess I guess that's the song. Like it just keeps kind of, you know just keeps kind of going and, and then Prince is adding more and more stuff to it and talking about disease and 
and then at the end of it, I'm, I'm no clearer as to exactly what he was trying to achieve from the song. Um, you know, Prince performed the song once on the 23rd of July 2010, and uh, oh. and that was it. He never performed it ever again or before. <laughs> so no. I don't know why he waited 10 years to play the song, but <laughs> I, I guess, I don't know, I, I guess maybe it was just like kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe the mood struck him and he was like, you know, this feels like the time for me to, uh, for me to just start singing this song. Um, and so he no. did. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, um, I feel like we said about as much as we possibly can about 2045 Radical Man. So uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Spencer? All right. Uh, well, I uh, I should clear stuff up the movie Bamboozled. Uh, it's, uh, if you love Spike Lee, you will like the movie. If you don't like Spike Lee that much, don't bother. Uh, it's, it's, it's the most Spike Lee, Spike Lee film, which will irritate some people to no end, but I like it a whole lot for that reason. But um, if you can find it for a decent price, which who knows at this point. But um, I have a podcast, a high and low at Curse Off podcast, where me and my co-host Joel uh, take a Curse Off movie, pair it with another Japanese movie from the same year. We talk about them, we do special episodes here and there. And this comes out late December, so at this point we have, I think, one episode left with... Hopefully Clint Worthington will be on it, but who knows? It, he's a busy man being a, a fancy film critic and whatnot. And uh, yeah, that's it. We're on Twitter at High Low Pod. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Trap by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you could email us, not sure where you would, at Prince Trap by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Spence. You're welcome. And otherwise, goodbye. <laughs>